This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Zana Bright realized that her premature spiritual search had created much confusion. This knowledge brought new clarity to her work and her own life. Her path crossed with many people and communities that proudly wore this spiritual label, adhering to all the rituals, practices, and using specific terms of the ascension process. It finally occurred to her that they were still holding on to baggage, trauma, and old wounds from the past. False spirituality turned out to be just another mask preaching love and light. Zana realized that to grow spiritually, we must grow in the human aspects, first and foremost. Refusing to perpetuate the cycle of the wounded healer spreading only light, she dove deep into the dark, and that is where she found the gold. Zana surfaced with a profound understanding of personal capacity and inner power. There was no more searching for teachers outside herself for everything she needed was within her all along. Valeria Telles interviews Zana Bright, a certified hypnotherapist, mind-body health practitioner, educator, and speaker. Zana Bright is extremely passionate about her work and brings with her a unique skill set as well as intuition. She studied the physical body first and became a bodywork and energy work practitioner, but soon realized that without adding the mind to it, there can't be a complete healing and transformation. Zana chose to explore the deeper part of the mind, the subconscious. Using hypnosis and hypnotherapy and the knowledge of the body, she's able to tap into the deepest corners of the body-mind-soul-spirit mechanism. Hypnosis is a powerful and effective tool that works on the subconscious mind to bring about permanent life changes, ranging from behavioral, emotional, psychological, physical, and spiritual changes. In addition to hypnotherapy, Zana incorporates cognitive therapy, hypno-coaching, wellness education, self-awareness exercises, and breathwork into her sessions. One of her favorite tools is regression, whether it is revisiting moments from early childhood for healing trauma and rewiring the mind, or going to another lifetime, and even on a journey beyond lifetimes. Meet Zana at soulcongruency.com. Here is the interview with Zana Bright. In your own words, who is Jana Bright? Oh, so am I introducing myself? Yes, you are. <laughs> yes. yes. Hello. <laughs> My name is Jana Bright, and I am a clinical hypnotherapist, a body-mind practitioner, and uh, an educator for over a decade now. And uh, I'm a lifelong seeker and a student of life as well. And uh, an adventure, yes, traveling through physical countries and uh, in our world and uh, traveling deep into the subconscious mind. That's definitely my one of my purposes in this lifetime, for sure, which um, I feel like it has been for a very, very long time on the soul level as well. When you say lifelong seeker, that prompts me to ask a question about that. What are you seeking or have been seeking, Jana? Mm -hmm. Very good point. What are you seeking or have been seeking? Yes, have been, have been 
at this point. Throughout the journey of this, in the beginning, there was a lot of sort of desperation, you know, when you start um, exploring um, something beyond the physical body, right? Beyond what we can see with our two eyes, you think, oh my God, there's so much to explore. There's so much to go into, so many things I can learn. But then there comes a point where you find inner peace. And that's, I think, what I've been seeking. You know, and I have found it eventually. I can announce that you know, to everyone that uh, it has been a journey of finding that inner peace, definitely. And it's not about, you know, the figures of light that you imagine to connect with. It's not about channeling. It's not about studying different types of spirituality or religion. It's really very external still very external but when you really connect to the essence of you in your in your i don't want to say heart heart is a big powerful um center that we have but then when we die right the heart dies with us in the physical body so something that is eternal that is in you still that universe in you and when you find fulfillment satisfaction from just being who you are and accepting yourself fully and completely with all your darkness, with all your light, with all your desperation, perhaps sometimes, right? Fears and pain and wounds. That's when peace begins to come you now and more of that you do. Of course, it is not um, a linear journey. It is not sort of like an eight to be type of train ticket but it's a messy you know it's a messy process and um, I thought I was looking for some sort of a purpose or some sort of a um, interesting spiritual connection you know because it just sounds so mystical but uh, all I found um, is peace peace with who I am with who I'm with in this lifetime, here and now, simplicity, peace and simplicity. That's, uh, to answer your question, yeah. Yeah, there's really, <laughs> thank you. There's not much beyond that, to be honest. Um, most of the things bring a lot of confusion also, but they're also necessary for for the journey. You know? mm, yeah, it's part of the of the human experience, right? I love when you say that, that you connect inner peace or the sense of peace to acceptance, embracing life as it is, we as we are with our darkness and light, everything, just becoming one with life. I absolutely agree with that. And that has been my findings too, after searching for so many mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. I can I can hear that in your voice i haven't met you in person yet but i can hear that in you for some reason it's uh, it comes yeah yeah it resonates it might be the mm-hmm. energetically mm-hmm. resonance yes right? yes i can hear in your voice too thank you so on your website you say something interesting you write i made it my mission to dehypnotize humanity from a collective fear and anxiety induced trends so talk to me for a moment about that. What do you mean by mm-hmm. with this statement, Shana? Mm-hmm. Good question. Yes. Well, I guess to start answering this question, let's first talk about hypnosis, what it is and what it is not. So as a hypnotherapist, right, obviously I use hypnosis in my sessions. Uh, hypnosis is a beautiful, powerful tool when it comes to healing, to connecting with yourself, with your core, to finding that inner peace and calmness and simplicity in life. And uh, as we know, tools are tools, right? But intentions can be different. So depending on the intention of using one or the other tool, uh, the outcome is different, right? So hypnosis has been used in our society to 
cause a lot of damage. Unknowingly, people don't realize that they basically go in and out of hypnosis every single day, all day long. And sometimes it is um, sort of a neutral um, state. Uh, most of the time it is rather damaging state of hypnosis. Well, hypnosis is a very open state of mind in terms of subconscious open. Okay, so when we go about our regular life, when we talk to people, when we attend meetings, when we participate fully in the here and now, um, we don't necessarily have the access to the subconscious um, because the critical mind still is very active in the conversation and the action. So, but um, in certain times, for example, 30 minutes after waking up in the morning or 30 minutes before falling asleep, the critical mind is sort of a little bit loose and limp. And uh, that's when we have that access to a deeper state, deeper mind, right, the bottom of the iceberg. And um, environmental hypnosis is big in our society. It's so big, right? No wonder we have so many banners um, along the freeways, right, the roads, because driving itself is a very unconscious process. And so when we drive, we think about something else because driving is so automatic. It's an autopilot, right? Uh, conditioned for so, so, so many you know, years for most people. And uh, when we do that, we have that opportunity to think about something else, right? So there's this split in consciousness that opens up the subconscious mind as well. And the subconscious mind is such a wise, amazing something, inner knowing or um, inner awareness that actually sees and notices so much more than the conscious mind does. The conscious mind doesn't even know how much it doesn't know. <laughs> right. So, so <laughs> yeah. when we drive, let's say, uh, on the freeway and uh, we're thinking about I don't know, something else, right, in our life. At the same time, the subconscious mind already read all of those banners, right, all of those ads that they, we are being fed with, com completely bombarded, right? Uh, another example would be, um, basically, oh, let's, oh, let me explain it here. Um, there's nothing wrong with doing business, but there is this notion of bringing this limitations, uh, limiting belief systems like you're not good enough. That's why you need to buy this. You need to buy more. You need to, to be like that. You need to look like that, right? You need to sound like that. You need to achieve this much. You need to buy this house, right? So that notion of, oh, Oh my God, if I don't have those things, if I don't look that way, I am not good enough, right? Who am I? I don't deserve, right? And all of those things that this is what I call the negative hypnosis of our modern day society. So social media, right? As much as we love using it for good reasons, right? It's such a destruction for the mind, for the self-image, for... Because no one posts, really, their down time, right, of life. Everyone posts their highlights, right? So it's like, yeah, you know, I had this success, I had that. And this other person who is maybe a little bit depressed, maybe they're just not, maybe they're alone, right? And they see all of these um, highlighted events in someone else's life and they're like oh my god i am not good enough i'm just such a loser i am this i'm that right so, so this negative self-talk inner narrative that is not serving them in any way right that's another negative hypnosis that we can observe going back to the roots of it when hypnosis hypnosis is a ancient tool by the way it comes from ancient egypt it's not something um that was created just recently it's, it's as ancient it's as ancient as it gets uh it's just uh, the term itself hypnosis was invented not that long ago cia right cia uh, uses still uses hypnosis to program minds of, of basically sort of slaves you know kind of 
quote unquote, right, to use people for their purposes, for whatever reasons they want to um, deploy them to to do certain tasks, send them on certain missions, uh, manipulate the mind. Okay, it's a process, of course. So we're not going to go into the details how it works in the CIA, but hypnosis is a big part of it. Okay, um, basically um, breaking the mind and and training it and conditioning it to become what they want. Uh, so that's the that's sort of the root of it, where it comes into our society as well. What other? Uh, Hollywood, yeah. Since um, I lived in Los Angeles for almost 10 years, glad to be out of there. <laughs> but <Good>. Hollywood, <laughs> Hollywood uh, <laughs> is a huge mind control tool as well uh, through the movies, right? Conditioning people, even your regular romantic movie conditions people to a certain relationship pattern, okay? Um, how people feel in those movies, right? How maybe they're either codependent or they're single, they can't find love, and then there is this, I don't know, magic happens. So there are so many examples. Um, unfortunately, we don't have much time to go into all of that. But um, those are all tools where hypnosis, mass hypnosis is being used on our society. So what I notice in my practice, a lot of people come with anxiety. Okay? Uh, anxiety is something very, very common right now. It's, a, it's an epidemic. And um, uh, what anxiety is? Anxiety is never original. Okay, It is a secondary state. First and um, uh, foremost, they were afraid of something. So there's fear at the bottom of it, right? And uncovering, again, for everyone, it's different, right? But a pattern that I've noticed is um, the fear of death is very um, common. Uh, everyone is afraid of death to a degree, right? To a degree. Uh, the subconscious mind was is also sort of holding on to to the physical life. So um, believe it or not, you know, everyone is sort of conditioned to fear death, unless you work on that as well, unless you release that, then you're fine. You'll find that peace. You know that you don't just die with a physical body, but you continue on. Yet uh, it is very common. So fear of death is probably the most common cause of anxiety when we begin to uncover things, right? Uncover. It might not come up right away, but the bottom line will be, again, I am not good enough is an epidemic in the society. I'm not worthy. Right? I'm not pretty enough. I'm not handsome enough. I am not successful enough. The fear of missing out a lot, right? Seeing other people succeeding, but oh my God, I am still, you know, here. Uh, wow. And all of those thoughts create that um, inner turmoil and uh, cause anxiety, um, depression after a while. So, yes, um, I, see, I view it um, as a collective state of anxiousness as well um, that is caused by fear and fears are being programmed into us like I said by mass hyp hypnotic tools that were used um, not with a good intention or to do good um, rather the opposite so in my practice I find it in, I do use hypnosis uh, but I find it most of work that we do is literally dehypnotizing, getting people out of that state of walking dead. You know, um, sort of this in, in this trance uh, where people forgot how wonderful they are. They lost the sense, the, the, the touch with themselves, with their inner value, with their worthiness, right? Just by being, you know, because... 
you're a walking miracle. <laughs> yes, hello, right. hello. Right. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so waking true. up, waking up to your miraculousness because it's uh, just imagine you are such a complex, beautiful being uh, as a human, right? Being proud of that. Look at your body, how this miraculous mechanism is working this is fascinating so um yeah so i find it more of a dehypnotizing even in the society right now and bringing back people people's minds to where they're meant to be you know self-loving self-trusting you know uh instead of uh, anxiously um running through life unconsciously also uh without realizing who they are what what they're doing you know so yeah true. so i, I hope I that answers that. your question wow i love all that of course this work i never heard it that way i interview a lot of uh, hypnotherapists but i never heard it that way this work of undoing unlearning I love the way you say that because it is true. It's exactly what happens. And, uh, but I, n I never heard it that way. So this is refreshing to hear. And I wonder if it is possible to navigate this reality in a human body without any belief systems. This idea of unlearning, undoing, programming and conditionings done to the mind, it's very interesting to me. But I wonder, why do we need to replace those programmings with new programmings? Does the mind always need some belief system to operate from? Or can we be free, navigate reality without any belief system? I wonder that very often. Yeah, interesting question. I wonder that as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Is it yes. possible? I think in my personal opinion and just coming from my experience i think it is partially possible being as a human because look we are having this conversation today just because we have um internet right we have both email that we connect with we have a phone uh, therefore we are still part of society right So, and we um, instantly, all these things already created certain beliefs, right? Yeah, so even eating food, right, creates a certain belief, drinking water or drinking whatever other fluids, um, speaking the language, right? Both of us speak more than one, apparently. That creates, so that means we come from different culture as well so um, deep inside we're still <laughs> carrying those um, at a DNA level literally our ancestral beliefs mm -hmm. so yes it is partially uh, true I do myself um, put as much effort as possible to to pull away from most of the belief systems, most of the belief, and just literally using the facts, what I'm uncovering, even through my work or through my meditations, through my personal journey. Um, again, it's just my prism of life, right? Um, I guess there is no one way to live it. No, um, there's not one way that is right as well. There's so many ways and all of them will be valid. But I think and I believe, again, that's a belief system, right? That the inner peace helps to to embrace all of them, you know, that acceptance and peace. So, yes, um, I guess belief systems that are conditioned in the society, right, that are not necessary. So simplicity comes from from removing things, not from adding them, right? Uh, peace also is closely related to simplicity, I believe. So removing most of the things that we've learned so that we can finally hear ourselves. And uh, yeah, I guess partially, yeah. I don't think if we're still human that it is purely possible to be completely free of any belief. I agree. And I love the way you gave the example of even the simple 
practice or eating food or brushing the teeth, those basic things we do, yeah, it has been programmed. There's a lot of programming mm-hmm. there. Rich, ritualistic society, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so we can't really, and then we can't really try to undo those things. But what comes to me is that I hope it's not a belief system. I don't like the word hope either, <laughs> belief or hopes. <laughs> is that this is life happening and everything that is happening, as you said beautifully, it's a miracle. To be here in a human body right now talking to you, it's to me not just a miracle, that's just a word, a label, but it's the unknown happening. And I have no idea what this is. It's just doing what it does, life through its conditioning of body and mind individually, all of us doing what we do, this dance, this movement of life itself. I love that dance, yeah, dancing, exactly, dancing through. (laughs) And then if we can somehow, which is really challenging to do, not to attach to anything enough that we can be free in a sense of Mm -hmm. just watching this dance and seeing how miraculous it is. That to me seems to be the place, the space to experience it this from. But I don't know also who is doing that. That's another thing because I see mm-hmm. everything as life itself, Jana. So I don't know who is watching. Like it's life itself watching. It's just fascinating <laughs> because I know there's <laughs> no one here. There's no one there, no one anywhere. It's just life in its unique expressions through conditioning is doing what it does. So that is so amazing, isn't it? (laughs) I mean, even to talk about it's incredible to me. So another question I have for you, with that in mind, uh, I have so many questions, not not enough time. But um, another thing that you write that I absolutely love, you say, false spirituality turned out to be just another mask preaching love and life. This is one of the insights you found throughout your journey. So talk to me for a moment about your own idea of spirituality these days. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes, spirituality. You know, I just realized right in this second that I don't really use that word anymore that much. Mm, (laughs) Fascinating. (laughs) So (laughs) Good for you. (laughs) Yeah. um, A long time ago, uh, I used to, you know, be like I said, seeking, right? Searching. Um, and it's it's just so inevitable that people will end up in one group or another, you know, or hopping from one to another. Searching, um, which is an endless process, by the way, it never ends. Um, but yes, um, closely, been closely related to people that were leaders in those groups, became, you know, very close. And something just didn't feel right, you know, because there's such a big chunk that was missing. Healing was missing, you know. Deep, authentic uh, healing of who you are. Not just preaching love and light, you know, the light chasers, right? It's it's really so um, incomplete, so half, just half of everything, um, dismissing the points, right? Dismissing the ones, dismissing fear, dismissing people's experience, even not validating. Okay, you've been through a lot. You know, I, you know, it must have been really, really painful. It must be still hurting right now. Now instead of that, right? It was like. All right, so just close your eyes and imagine this, you know, figure of light, right? That's going to heal you. No, no. Anger, right? The spiritual communities a lot, especially New Age, right? I call it a false spirituality. Again, my just opinion, just an opinion, there are many out there, uh, completely dismissing uh, anger or shame, right? Sort of like, okay, let's cover it with light. How? Well, what is going to do? What is it going to, going to do? How are you going to release your anger? Because anger is a beautiful, healthy emotion. What's wrong with it? Nothing, right? It's it's a it's a response, right? Uh, you are human, you know. Humanness humanness comes first, right? We can't 
bypass being human. Oh, bypass, that's a very good word. Spiritual bypassing, right, is very common uh, in people that uh, use even a specific language, right? Sort of like the communities speak a certain way, um, a certain tone of voice, even um, yet being energetically so heavy, you know, I don't know if you notice, probably you do, that people's energy, right, introduces themselves before they begin to speak. So, yes, that heaviness behind, you know, that mask, right, mask from Greek is persona, right, creating that persona that is, you know, wearing your spirituality on the sleeve, um, using it, you know, certain outfits or tattoos or whatnot. So, um yeah, um, embracing the darkness of you, right? Embracing the the pain, embracing your story, your experience, who you were, how you came here to be, right? All of your experiences, crying, you know, uh, getting angry, um, releasing that shame. Yes, it's all valid. It's all valid. It's not, it, and it's not going to be done through imagining figures of light you know um, rainbow whatever it is yeah so that's that's been my experience and i pulled away from it so strongly because uh, i just noticed that people were not ready to look um deeper than you know how I, i don't even know who said that but i think i saw it somewhere first you awaken to light then you awaken to goodness forget to darkness, and then you awaken to yourself. Yeah, so it's a process. And the, sort of when you discover that light, love and light, communities know that this is the very, 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 very first step. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long journey yes. ahead. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that it's um, an everyday, every moment journey, right, Shannon? It's not something that a destination that we arrive at no, and we claim no. to know, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. I love your perspective. It really resonates because I do realize that this is this dance of both dark and light. And it seems like essentially it is because I don't believe in duality. It's actually a non-dual kind of realization that there's just one thing. And it's it, one. Uh-huh. Yeah, not yes. two. But it is the one and two anyway. The the mm-hmm. two, the three, and the billion, it's also the one. So it's kind of everything is the one in many, which is, um, well, the mind can't get it anyway. It <laughs> doesn't mm-hmm. matter how much we try to explain with exactly. words, it doesn't get it. <laughs> yes, it resonates, your perspective. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, we can't really explain things like that. It's, it's, um, the conscious mind is just so limited. It's, uh, I can't even begin to explain that. Um, just like talk therapy, you know, people, people come to hypnotherapy in my practice after five, 10, 15, a lifelong therapy, you know, like, what have you been doing? (laughs) Therapy doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be that, you know, you don't have to spend years to, to hopefully one day begin to live your life. You know, it's, it's just not that. Yeah. Because that's what utilizes, right? That 10%, even less than that of the total mind power. It's so limiting. It's so, uh, sort of keeping you in that same space running. No. Um, yeah, it's very sad. So true. We hold so many limiting belief systems and conditionings, which is also part of of life itself. I guess that's why we have this uh, balance. It really seems to be a balance now. 50% of the population in the world, they're looking to make this reality more peaceful. And then the other half, it's quite mm-hmm. the opposite. <laughs> and then you mm-hmm. have both sides dancing. And uh, it's just incredible to me. I always think about nature when I think of us human beings. That That's what we are, nature itself. Mm-hmm. We're almost at the end and I have so many questions for you here. Let me try to go through the ones that really resonate and that I, I wanted to ask you questions about to the ones that don't resonate. What have you found in doing hypnotherapy, those sessions? 
What have you found that supports this idea of life after death and or mind continuation, Shana? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, good question. Yeah, it's a very, very, it could be a very long conversation. Oh, yes. <laughs> right. Again, coming from <laughs> just experience, um, just observation of what I had myself uh, experiences, right? And the clients that I take on journeys to either it's a past life regression or a journey in between lifetimes journey. Again, I don't think anyone truly knows um, I don't think anyone really have has the answers. Uh, I don't claim that I do have the answers. Again, just an experience. Noticing how, oh, where do I begin? Uh, so let's just probably limit this um, answer to uh, the concept of incarnation on earth as a human, because that's a, incarnation is a very, very large topic, can be. But no, I noticed how, um, to me, an indicator of something deep or something true that is happening is the um, emotional release, for example, one of them, right? Or uh, an interesting ability of um, some people, not everyone, everyone experiences regression in their own unique way. Um some people experience it as if they are already like they are there, right? As if they live as that person they once were and they know all of that information completely and they just deliver everything that they go through in their mind. Again, it's retrieving information, right? It's not imagination in this case that we're using. Imagination is to imagine something, right? But retrieve information is a different function of the subconscious mind, of the mind, um, to sort of look at what already happened. You know? So um, a good indicator would be uh, something that we can't change anything in that scenario. We can only sort of either relive it or, or be an observer or um, look around and go look around uh, what's what was happening, what already happened or what is still happening because time, it's not a very like linear again uh, concept, right? There's no real, not, not no past really sort of a version of you still lives um, in that scenario. So what makes me believe that there is life after we die in the physical body is these authentic experiences of people that go through, that release certain things that um, heal unexplainable, I don't know, phobias or fears or whatever they're going through here and now, something that is still disturbing their life and they couldn't explain how they got it. Now, that's one thing. Um, like I said, authentic emotions, very strong emotional response to those um, journeys, let's say. Uh, children, little children that still remember where they came from, that still remember their lifetimes. I've interviewed um, some in the past, um, it was very, very fascinating, very interesting. And I believe um, there is quite a few stories that are out there. I think they came from India also, some Indian children. Um, basically someone who can uh, lead you to the place where they were buried or, you know, a small child, right? And tell you what was their name how they died, and all those stories. Again, they're, it's a very interesting concept. Right? It's a very interesting concept. Uh, as a child, I knew also I was, well, when I was a child, I would be sitting in nature somewhere in the grass and looking at the sky, and I remember myself thinking, not necessarily talking. I think I wasn't really a, a talker at all. <laughs> As a child, I was very quiet, and I was thinking to myself, why am I here again? No, I didn't know anything, right? I was, I don't know, three. So I didn't really know why I was thinking that. Uh, I still don't know, but the fact is the fact that I do clearly remember those moments when I would be 
looking up or looking into the nature. I was deeply connected to that. And uh, just thinking that, why am I here again? And I was so sad and frustrated. I was very, very sad because I didn't want that to happen. And uh, (laughs) for some reason, you know, like I said, I don't have all the answers, of course. Yeah, that is, um, I have the same experience of being very little and having those thoughts coming in through the mind and just um, not understanding them. But now what I see is because everything's connected and there's just life happening, one thing, one life. So it kind of doesn't surprise me that we have all these remembrances or the memories because it's not your memory or my memory. It's everyone's memory. It's everything. It's one. It's connected. Mm -hmm. Collective consciousness. Yeah. So it's everywhere doing what it does. And it's not exclusive. There's no one really doing that. What happens is that we tend to own that reality and say, oh, it's happening to me. I'm here. But you're not here. Life is here. And life Mm -hmm. will always be Mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. That's an interesting, yeah. Yeah. When you think about it, I mean, with the rational minds, it's fascinating because the mind gets that. The mind here kind of gets that. Mm -hmm. That there's just, there's here, but the here is everywhere. So Mm -hmm. once you close your eyes here, that... It kind of makes sense that you would open your eyes elsewhere as mm-hmm. something else. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But not you, but not you as Shana Bright or Valeria Kupantelis, whatever name we give to this. That was just a label. And that is um, the label that we really, really attach to it, all of us, as identification. We are so identified with the, the body <laughs> itself, or the name, and the limbs, and everything that we claim to have a life, but we don't. Right. We, we are life. Right. We don't have one. Another point, which is I'm going to mention only briefly uh, as we run out of time now, uh, another illusion, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, for uh, sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, what I found again in my practice, mm-hmm. there is um, it is very common. Not many people know about it. We live in a spiritual world, right? It's not just physical world, and it's all around us. Even if we don't see it with our physical eyes, um, spirit attachments is a very um, a common thing. Um, and um, those spirit attachments of, again, there are different categories, but let's say um, deceased spirit, right? A deceased person, um, the spirit is disturbed for some reason, right? It's sort of like all around, you know, looking for a body to get attached to. And um, any emotion, any fear, any, you know, uh, sort of even an event where people lose their consciousness in during maybe surgery or a car accident or whatever, um, like a tragic moment, that spirit will have an opening to get attached to the physical body. And that spirit, whatever their experiences were before, uh, will be influencing the other person's behaviors and thoughts. Um, and when that spirit has been released uh, from their energetic and physical body, the person comes sort of comes back to where they what they used to be. Um, and it's very common, you know, it's very common from, again, I release, I help release um, Sometimes when it's necessary, when it comes through in the hypnosis session, I do help um, them to sort of like get out of the of the person because it's it's not supposed to be that way. It's not healthy. Yeah, and that's uh, when I say and I write about these things, and I'm not denying the duality reality of the mind identified with this one thing that's doing something, it's not a denial of that. And I know that this could very much happen. What are you saying? That uh, spirit attachments, which I, mm-hmm. I interview people about that. I talk, I mean, this is actually our conversations in duality, that there is a problem, there's an issue, uh, unhealed mm-hmm. symptoms, and we are trying to, you know, somebody's trying to heal. The only, of course, this is happening, but it's no one's doing it. That's the thing. 
that's really, really, really uh, challenging for the mind to understand that there's no one really doing anything, but life mm-hmm. itself just dancing that dance. Mm-hmm. Like when you talk about the fear of death that most of us fear to die, to lose the body, that's an interesting one when they believe, they replace that story, that fear with the story that uh, the belief system that they will live forever, that they will live again, reincarnate. So that brings them that sense of inner peace, of peace, and that they are no longer afraid of death. The implication with that is that now they believe that they, as individuals, as like me, as Valeria, will continue on and will come in a new body as the same person, the same personality. Mm. So that's what doesn't resonate. No, no. With this, here doesn't resonate because it's just life that will, it seems like there's no beginning or ending. Who knows how this got started and how it will end. Correct. But it's Correct. no one's doing, really. Yeah, yeah, it is something that we can't really explain yet, I think, in our human language. <laughs> yeah, right, right. That's complex. It might be one of the most challenging ideas to even talk about, isn't it? That no one's talking even. You just talk. <laughs> but no one is doing the talk. <laughs> um, so that, it's an illusion, but what an interesting one. <laughs> so you specialize in some areas. Some of them are relationship patterns, uh, confidence yes. and self-esteem, false limiting belief systems, fears and phobias, past life regression therapy, unsolved trauma, depression and anxiety, among others, right, Shannon? Yes, yes. Would you like to add anything else before I ask you my final questions? I think we've talked about, yes, many things already. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Wonderful. So my last questions to you, let me choose you. I'll ask you this one. What is another word for life? As a human, I would answer. Yeah. I love the way you say that too, as a human. <laughs> yes. to, to sort of specify that. You know? Yeah, being a human body, right, right, right. Uh, breathing. Right. I would answer breathing. You know, we can live without food, water for a very long time, but we can't really live without breath. Yeah, so true. And what do you love most about being in a human body? That is just so human. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> It feels so real, doesn't it? It's it's just so real. You know, this human body needs fuel, it needs caring, it needs (laughs) consistency, you know, and it's just sort of a, it's a good training, you know, it's a good uh, check-in with reality also. Um, Yeah, I think it's, it can be so many things if you allow it to, to be. No, that way, but definitely consistency and uh, being also, you know, being able to touch, taste, hug someone you love, right? Walk on the beach, uh, smell the fresh air in the woods, right? All those things, I think those are beautiful. It's amazing how life experiences itself. Through all this, it's, there's yes. so many ways of life expressing and experiencing itself. Incredible. And my last question is, what are three things you wish everyone to experience before they lose the body, before they die? Three things. Inner peace is one, one major one, I would say. Intimacy, emotional intimacy with someone you're truly connected with oh it's missing big time so rare when two people that love each other two souls whatever you want to call it truly and intimately can connect with each other and accept each other completely and just there's not even a a life that is enough to learn about the other person to to be grateful for the other person to to cherish every moment with the other person so yes emotional intimacy deep connection with someone you love um and i wish everyone will would find that and create that and the third fulfillment you know whatever that means for everyone fulfillment in a deeper deeper level if it's been a mother, then be it if it's been, I don't know, a business owner, a teacher, 
um, whatever that means, doesn't matter. But deep, deep sense of fulfillment where you don't have to do anything anymore. It's just, you've, you've done it. You've done it all. Uh, I love that. <laughs> I love this. Um, ah, even if we can go beyond that, it's uh, this idea of fulfillment being here in a human body now. This is already fulfillment. Mm-hmm. What yeah. else? Yes. What else is possible? It's a journey to <laughs> right? realize that. <laughs> <laughs> right, Shana. It's already it. It's incredible. Yes, but you're right. It is. In the world of duality, it is, uh, it is a journey to get there. It seems like there's something about energy being ready to receive those kinds of information. And I be, agree with you. Right, yes. and be able to hold the space for that truth that you already are fulfilled. So before we say goodbye, where can we find more information about you, your work, services, products, and future projects? Yes, absolutely. Uh, my website would be a great place to go, uh, soulcongruency.com. I host... Um, virtual sessions, one-on-one sessions in person in my office in Encinitas, California, San Diego area. And uh, I do group sessions as well. Um, So all that information can be found on soulcongruency.com. Thank you so much again, Shana, for your presence. Thank you, Valeria. Thank you. Everything that you do, how you do it, it's a beautiful work. From the lens of duality is really, really beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. We'll talk soon. Bye for now. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Zana Bright and her work, please visit soulcongruency.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now. <laughs>